Thank you so much for tuning into episode 14 of Your Birth Bestie podcast. I wanted to dedicate an entire episode all about how to choose what hospital to give birth at, because this is really the first step that we think about right after getting that positive pregnancy test, and I get this question very often. So maybe you can relate to this, and hopefully you find this information helpful as you start your journey, or maybe you're further along in your pregnancy and considering switching providers or hospitals too, so this will be helpful for you. There are so many moms who are confused about where to start, what questions to ask, and what to consider to be sure the facility that they choose is best suited to support their dream birth. I have also had three moms in the last few days ask me if I have ever seen a patient bring their own birthing pool into the hospital to use, and I haven't personally seen this happen or really have thought of this, honestly, but when three people this week have asked me about it, I am definitely interested by this option or if it's even an option. So if you've done this before or know somebody who has brought their own birthing pool into the hospital, please let me know and I definitely want to learn more about it and we'll be reaching out to people in my community to see if that is an option for their patients. Because having options like a water birth or a tub to labor in for pain management is a huge part of the decision-making process and we will talk about this in a little bit too. Hey there, I'm Beth Connors, a midwife and mom of two, but also your birth bestie. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into everything you need to feel confident, prepared, and in control from baby bump to delivery room, from practical tips to personal stories. We'll cover it all so you know exactly what to expect every step of the way. Let's get into it. So like I mentioned, we are talking today all about deciding what hospital to give birth at and really what birth setting in general. And to give you an overview of what I'll be talking about, here is a list of some of the most important things I think of when helping expecting parents choose where to have their baby. So the first thing is what kind of birth are you envisioning, like unmedicated or medicated? And are there health concerns for you or your baby that put you at high risk that you already know about? Are you open to alternative birth settings like home or birth center? Most people choose hospital birth, and that's what I'm going to focus on here, but if you don't find the right fit and your intuition tells you otherwise, maybe you have other settings to explore as well. Also, if you choose a birth center or hospital, where is it located in relation to work and home, and really how far away is too far? Also, are there any considerations you'd like to think about, like VBAC-friendly hospitals, or are you planning to get your tubes tied? Because believe it or not, some hospitals or providers don't offer these services, so you definitely have to check on those things ahead of time. And the last thing is, what is the atmosphere in the hospital like? And I will talk about how to get the scoop, the behind the scenes, of how you'll really be treated in labor in the hospital that you choose. And between being a patient, a nurse, and now a midwife, I am familiar with either the patient experience or the behind the scenes as a staff member in at least seven hospitals in Wisconsin in various cities near me. One was an LDRP, so labor, delivery, recovery, postpartum unit, where everything happens in the same room from the time that you are admitted to the time that you discharge. And most of the other hospitals were high-risk labor and delivery units where we cared for the earliest gestations, like 23 or 24 weeks, and really, really sick moms. And then a couple of the other birthing centers were more intimate, where they were still connected to the hospital, um, but those are really the locations that I've had my own experiences in a nutshell. One of the biggest takeaways from my experiences that of course you already are aware of, and that's probably why you're listening to this episode, is that the hospital where you choose to have your baby has a big influence in your entire birth experience. 
And yes, I say choose because it's rare to have only one option of provider or one location option. There are various factors to consider with your partner to make the best choice for you. You really have to consider the culture of the hospital because that absolutely plays a huge role in your labor and delivery experience. And you want to be sure that the location you choose is the place where you feel safest and you have the best support. So the first thing to think about is if you're planning on using insurance, where are you covered? You may be limited on in-network options, but if you call the number on the back of your insurance card, that member services line, it's really, really easy to talk to somebody and have them give you a list of providers that would be in-network, and you can then ask for more information on your detailed benefits, and they can give you a breakdown over the phone or send you a detailed document via email with it all spelled out if that's helpful. I am a visual person, so when my insurance company emailed me the list, it was really, really helpful, and I could then do my own research on each provider and take notes on that list that I printed out. And just to clarify too, that some doctors are listed in various hospital directories. So just be sure that whoever you choose is covered under your plan and actually delivers at the location that you prefer to give birth at once you decide. I kind of had a weird experience with my first pregnancy where the hospital I gave birth at didn't have any midwives available for deliveries, but I could see the only midwife for my prenatal care which I liked, but then I just got a random doctor when I was on the labor and delivery unit and it was a teaching hospital. So there was a lot of people on my care team that I didn't know anything about. So I definitely don't recommend this, but if I knew better at the time and that was my only option, I would just have known to communicate better and made sure that my wants were spoken for rather than just succumbing to whatever the doctor at the hospital, you know, usually does. Um, I definitely wasn't a fan of that, and it was a factor for me not having control over my first birth. The next thing to think about, and it's okay if you don't have this fully figured out yet, is what kind of birth are you envisioning for yourself? Are you planning an unmedicated birth or an epidural? Are there health concerns for you or your baby that put you at a higher risk where the hospital would be maybe more suitable for you? I usually recommend moms figure out first what their general vision of their birth goals are and then work backwards from there. You want to know the end goal and then figure out everything that has to be in place in order for that to happen. So for example, if you want an unmedicated birth, you should be in a place that is comfortable supporting women who have unmedicated births. For some, this may mean that they want a home birth and that's great, but many people choose hospital birth and it's important you can be well supported there as well. So here are several things to consider asking before you decide where you want to give birth at. And a side note, you can call the hospital mainline or operator and then be asked to transfer to that labor and delivery manager and talk to them as well to get some of your questions answered. And you can also use friends and family in the area who have had different birth experiences from different locations and ask about their experiences to hear what they think. Um, But here's some general questions that I always recommend clients asking. So the first is if hydrotherapy is available. Things like, you know, a tub or a shower. And if if there are, then is there a tub in each room? Is there one or two tubs on the entire unit and they're in separate rooms so you'd have to walk from your labor room to like the hydrotherapy room? Or are there inflatable pools available? It's important to also be sure that the tub is suitable for laboring. So some rooms do have tub showers, but they're not always like a jacuzzi tub. So it would be very difficult and very hard to be comfortable in a small tub like that and also be assisted by the people around you. 
And then if there is limited availability for hydrotherapy tub or inflatable birth pools, what is the likelihood that it'll be available to you when you're in labor? So if this is a must for you, either be certain you will for sure have access, like it's in your room and it's not going anywhere, wherever you choose to have your baby, or see if you can bring your own. And I did mention that I have a few people reaching out to me that are in the middle of trying to figure out if they can bring a birth pool into the hospital. So I will report back on if that is a possibility and where those hospitals are located, because I think that is a really great option. I had a hospital water birth with my second baby as part of a new water birth research study um, in a particular hospital in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I really hope this becomes more available because it was a great experience for me. And I know many moms have also had great experiences. So I would love for this to be an option to have one of those inflatable blow up pools in every every room to use as a as a tool for pain management also what tools would be provided by the hospital to help support an unmedicated birth things like birthing balls birthing bars that attach to the hospital bed birthing stools combs um, a tens unit essential oils all of those amazing things and the last hospital that I worked at, we had all of these things for patients to use, which was amazing. And we actually even had one of those lights that um, projected like stars onto the ceiling in different colors. And it was super, super relaxing. We also had LED lights um, to put around in patients' rooms. And that was amazing to have all of those different you know, options available to help the setting for moms be the most comfortable and most relaxing. Um, but definitely ask for sure if this is something that you will have to bring. Um, things like you know tens unit essential oils, all of those different things, um, because it is not the majority that hospitals have all of these things. So if it's a must in labor, bring it yourself. Make sure it's available to you. And definitely, I want to also say that definitely make sure that the hospital has peanut balls. And if they don't, this is something that I would definitely buy or find a friend that has one and borrow it from them. This would be on my must bring list and um, I can go into that another time. But if you're interested and don't know about peanut balls, definitely look that up after listening to this episode. You can also ask how staff supports women who want an unmedicated birth. If you are already seeing a provider at that hospital, usually the answer to this question can make it obvious whether or not your provider supports physiologic birth normally on a day-to-day basis. If you're asking the manager of that unit, it would be interesting to know how they staff their nurses to be sure that they have a one-on-one ratio with nurses when you're in labor. And this is how staffing should be, but in all honesty, I have seen staffing before where one nurse has multiple labors, which is not in the best interest of supporting physiologic birth. And if maybe you don't hear exactly what you want to hear and you've already decided on this hospital, this is another great opportunity for me to tell you that this is why doula support is so important. It's about that one-to-one personalized support for you to birth on your own terms with their guidance. In the hospital setting, you won't always have a nurse or a midwife or definitely not an OBGYN in your room for your entire labor. So for that added support, that is definitely something to consider is to have a doula. And the last question to get a good idea of how likely it is to have a successful dream hospital birth is, for example, if you want an unmedicated birth, if that's your dream goal, ask what the hospital's epidural rate is. If you don't want a C-section, ask what the hospital's C-section rate is. You can ask these kinds of questions in a way to better understand how well women are supported 
to not get that intervention you don't want. So if the epidural rate is 90%, you might think there is something going on where women aren't feeling supported to birth unmedicated. But obviously this isn't as easy as following percentages because we don't know how many of those women actually wanted the epidural. So take those with a grain of salt, just something to compare between hospitals. And then the C-section rate, the average is around 30%, which is still high. But if you're comparing hospitals and one is much higher, you'd have to think something else might be going on, right? And if you can't find somewhere that checks all of your boxes, you may consider traveling further for the care that you're looking for. So we will talk about that next. So I also get asked a lot, how far away from home is too far? And it's definitely an important question to ask for many reasons, but remember that what I'll mention are general guidelines, and bottom line is to consult with your provider to see how your circumstance plays into the location of the hospital that you choose. But here is what I would recommend thinking about. Know your risks and when to call your provider so you can be promptly assisted for any concerns at all. If you're low risk and everything is going well, I do recommend for moms to stay home as long as possible to reduce unnecessary intervention. And I talk more about why I recommend this, like supporting that hormone cascade in the home environment and supporting that oxytocin release to help labor progress in episode eight. So you can definitely check that out for more information. But basically, if you're high risk and you aren't able to stay home, this is when a closer option to home and a closer option to work, if that's applicable, would be more of a priority or to have a plan if you're traveling as well. Also think about the drive to the hospital. If you're two hours away, there is a greater chance that you'll either be at the hospital closer to the beginning of labor because you didn't want to go through an uncomfortable drive, or there's a chance that you could have a baby in the car if you wait until the last minute. So if you've never had a baby before, learning how to determine what stage of labor you're in, not just by counting contractions, but by using other body cues is so important. You can tell so much about a mom's labor progress by simply observing them. And if you've had a baby before, you might remember the progression and the feelings through each stage of labor. And you would also know whether your labor was super long or really fast with previous babies. So that can kind of give you more insight too, but it's not always going to happen the same way every time, but just something general to think about. Think also about your pain management plan. If you want an epidural, but also want to wait at home in early labor, you might not want to be too far away in case labor goes more quickly than you expected. It's very hard to plan for, for sure, but all things to definitely consider and plan ahead for. When considering the distance, think about traffic or any obstacles that might make it difficult for you to make it to the hospital too. And with that said, there isn't a specific distance that I can say is too far for everyone, but generally I would say 30 to 60 minutes would be appropriate in most cases. I've had patients travel up to two and a half hours to deliver at the hospital I was at, and that was what they were most comfortable with, and they really wanted the provider team at the hospital, even if the car drive was a little bit more uncomfortable and active labor than if she would have gone somewhere else. If your hospital is further away, it's important to have a backup plan for sure, like knowing the locations of other hospitals or birth centers in the area in case the hospital you chose is too far in that moment. So we talked a little bit about pain management plan in regards to location, but if you're considering an epidural, you also have to ask these questions. Is there an in-house anesthesiologist specifically for labor and delivery? 
Ideally, there is, but that isn't always the case. Sometimes, depending on how busy the unit is, the anesthesiologist provider is on call and they're off-site, so it takes some time to drive into the hospital. One hospital I worked at, they had a 30-minute window to make it to the hospital from the time of the call to being on the unit. And then, of course, it would take time for them to go through your chart and set up the epidural procedure, things like that. So you're looking at a lot longer of a wait, but that's not always necessarily a bad thing. It works well in a lot of places. Just know this beforehand if you're considering one so you have an idea of when to ask for it and how long to expect the epidural. Also, some hospitals have anesthesiologists that are hospital-wide, so not just there to serve the labor and delivery unit. They may have another emergency on a different floor, which would possibly delay you getting an epidural because sick patients do take precedence over pain relief, as much as that sucks in the moment when you're planning for it, but definitely something to plan ahead as part of your birth plan. And now for a few other considerations. This is my advice on how to get the scoop behind the scenes of how you'll actually be treated when you're on the labor and delivery unit. Of course, family and friends will probably share their experiences and you can ask around for recommendations or different hospitals or providers for sure, or ones to avoid, but local Facebook mom groups are actually my go-tos for this kind of thing. You can connect with other moms in the area and hear their perspectives. And for me, I'm someone that reads all of the reviews on Amazon before I buy a product to purchase. So why not get the same kind of reassurance before choosing a provider for your birth? Also, if you're planning a VBAC, which is a vaginal birth after cesarean, you want to go to a VBAC-friendly hospital and a VBAC-friendly provider. This is not always supported, so ask early on in pregnancy if you have a history of a previous C-section to see if they only, if they only support a repeat C-section and not a TOLAC, which is a trial of labor after cesarean. Also, know whether a location is a teaching hospital or not. This is where residents and medical students practice alongside board-certified OBGYNs. Medical students are not yet doctors, but they are in school to become an MD or a DO, And residents have completed medical school, so they are physicians, but they are in training to be specialized as an OBGYN. You may or may not want students in your birth setting, so that is something to consider ahead of time if your hospital is a teaching hospital. It can be a rewarding experience though, but definitely isn't something for everyone, and that's totally okay if you're not comfortable with that. And then if you're done having children and are interested in getting a tubal ligation or getting your tubes tied, some hospitals or some providers don't actually offer this service due to religious reasons. So if you're planning for sterilization after your baby is born, you'll likely want to be in a hospital where that is supported. So to wrap this all up, I want to say that the most important part when you are going through all of these things and feeling maybe overwhelmed, choosing what place will be the best, because I know you don't want to make the wrong choice, but I want you to remember to trust your instincts, consider your personal preferences, and know that it's really just about you feeling comfortable and supported wherever you choose. I also want to reassure you that if you don't find that perfect hospital and the perfect provider, because we know that's not always the case, no matter if you only have one option of provider and you don't really like them, you can still have an amazing hospital birth. I have worked with so many women who are so nervous about their provider not allowing them to do certain things or not feeling confident enough to advocate for themselves or just generally nervous about the unknowns of childbirth, but the success I've seen mamas have proves they can absolutely take control of their birth no matter what. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Your Birth Bestie Podcast. If you would love more support preparing for birth and you care about having an autonomous and informed hospital experience, my self-paced online birth course called Hands Off Hospital Birth is just that. I would love for you to join this course, which includes my private online community where I'll answer your questions and you can connect with other moms too to get all of the support you need. I am so glad that you are learning more about how to take control of your birth, starting with the hospital you are going to have your baby at. Shoot me a message on Instagram, and I would love to chat further to see if this would be a good fit for you. Thank you so much for being here today, and I will be back next Tuesday for another episode.